Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Paul is the author of three best-selling books, including Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, and his brand new book, 101 Proven Ways to Increase Efficiency and Make More Money in Lawn Care. Now available on Audible and narrated by Mr. Producer. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to today's program. We're going to talk about the Pareto Rule and much more. Dr. Frank Hallman, welcome back to the show. Hey, Paul. It's great to be back. Good to have you here, guys. So the Spring Rush is going to be here before we know it. Maybe instead of reviewing and analyzing your business this winter, you're sitting on the couch eating Doritos watching Seinfeld. Well, <laughs> you still have time. Not that I did that. There's still time to really focus and have the best business strategy for this season, the best pres- the best practice for business owners out there is that they take time to reflect on their businesses. The businesses that are really winning in the Atlanta market. They spend a lot of time analyzing that data. So while you were in review mode here, and maybe it's the eleventh hour, you, you you waited till right now to review your business. Here's some food for thought we're going to talk about today, Doctor Frank, and that's focusing and studying our customers. Focusing on our specific unique strengths, as well as identifying where the best opportunities are, where those new opportunities are. So, and actually, in each of the things we'll talk about today, there's around 20% of the things that you can consider in each of those that will actually influence 80% of the positive results that we're seeking. It's, it's actually called the Pareto Rule. That's right, Paul. That Pareto rule is basically the rule that you use to figure out where you focus your efforts in your business to have the greatest impact. So, Dr. Frank, go ahead and give us a little bit more meat and potatoes to um, these thoughts. The uh, things that you want to focus on in general, uh, and then there's many aspects to each of these, which we'll ferret out using the Pareto rule. The main idea is to focus on your customers, all kinds of ways to look at that. And um, we'll talk about that. And then there's um, another key thing to be thinking about as a business owner is also to focus on your unique strengths as a business owner and unique strengths of your business and what it offers to the marketplace where where you operate in. So that's that's really important too to focus on your strengths because that's where you offer something unique that's different than your competition, mm-hmm. and it's the thing that's easiest to to promote because it's your strength. And then the third area is to um, be spending your time as a business owner thinking about identifying your best opportunities by looking at how the market is changing dynamically in your local area and even industry trends the nationwide or regional wide uh, th- those are changing as well and if you can stay on top of change you c- you can be a first mover in that change and and benefit greatly in terms of uh, getting customers and profiting from them Totally. Yeah. So that's that's uh, the main idea, what to focus on. But there's uh, a very interesting thing that uh, comes into play with any business in any industry, 
and even outside of business even, which we'll talk about, which is the Pareto rule. So, Paul, here's the Pareto rule. It uh, basically says that uh, for any system, and a system could be anything. system could be your business. It could be uh, really anything that, that applies in life. 80, for any system, 80% of the system's output can be attributed to 20% of the input. Another, and I'll, well, I'll explain that. Another way of looking at that is um, the concept of the vital few and the trivial many in terms of all the aspects to your business and even any area of your business, whether it's marketing, whether it's sales, whether it's uh, profitability, whether it's revenue, whether it's referrals and uh, referral sources, 80% of your, of your result that's positive comes from 20% of the things that you are currently doing to make that happen. Wow. And so there is a vital few that you can home in on that makes all the difference. And uh, in terms of mathematics, the relationship between cause and effect is really not linear. That means if you put in 50% more effort, you'll get a 50% better result. It's not, that's called linear. It's really nonlinear so that if you find the right things to put the effort in, just a few of them give you the vast majority of the benefit. And that's high leverage. So that's what companies and business owners need to be thinking about. Now, the history behind this is pretty interesting, Paul. It uh, originally came, best uh, historians can recognize, came from an economist who was an Italian back in the 1800s. And he looked at all the segments of the economy and the Italian government at that time, or the, the country, I meant to say the country. And he found, to his surprise, that 80% of the wealth of that nation was owned by 20% of the population. And then he got curious about that and started looking at other countries and their economy. And these were other countries and other continents that were more advanced than they were and many that were less advanced and not nearly as progressed as they were as an economy in Italy. It didn't matter. It didn't matter the country or how their social and, and uh, governmental dynamics were he found that the, the rule applied. It was around 20% of the population owned about 80% of the wealth, mm. regardless of the country. And so he really thought he had found something here economically. Well, in the early 1900s, others picked up on that and tried to use that for manufacturing because they, they thought that maybe this would apply there, and it really did, where they looked at all the categories of defects on the assembly line and it didn't matter what industry it was or what the product was that was being assembled on an assembly line. Mm -hmm. They could always look at the, the output from the assembly line, look at the defects and uh, they, um, they would categorize them and they found out that 80% of the defects came from only 20% of the categories of problems. Wow. And so if they could find those 20%, they'd get rid of 80% of the, the defects. Mm. It was such a high leverage thing to look for. Now, uh, mathematicians have looked at this uh, further, and what they determined was that anything 
that um, th- that can be categorized as uh, li- as scarce resources or limited resources mm-hmm. in any area of life or in any area of your business. If there are limited resources, then there is literally like a competition uh, for those resources. And that's where this, this role or this, um, the Pareto rule comes, comes out because with any scarce resource or limited resource, you'll find that around 20% of, of an, uh, of a cause will give you 80% of, of the 20% of the, of a cause will give you 80% of the, of the result. For example, uh, they found that in a, in a retail business, like uh, like Walmart or some other store, eighty percent or eighty percent of the profit comes from twenty percent of the of the products that they're selling. Wow! But that's true in any business, and if there are um, if there's more scarcity of products that you're selling or services, it might even be ten ninety, hmm. where ninety percent of your profits are coming from ten percent. It, 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 um, the more of the competition between the entities that are vying for having an effect, then, um, the, the bigger the leverage. Another example that's really interesting is they looked at the oil wells across the globe and all the, all the different countries. And they found globally that only 20% of the oil wells produced about 80% of the oil mm. in terms of oil production. They found this to be true even on the internet. Uh, the scarce resource there is attention. Uh, that's what everybody's trying to do with their website is they're trying to get attention. Uh, one way to get attention is to um, have good enough content where you get on the first 10 results of, of Google. And uh, they found that about 10% of the websites uh, – 10 to 20% of the websites got 80% of the traffic in every topic that you can, you can do a search on. Wow. And uh, the list goes on and on. So what the business owner's got to do, Paul, what the business owner's got to do is realize, well, what are the areas that you should focus on and then keep the Pareto rule in mind when you focus on that. So if you're looking at profitability and revenues and profit, you want to look at the products and services that you're offering that uh, bring in around 80% of the revenues and profits and uh, <clears throat> really promote them more than the others. Right. And coming up, I want to talk about what I notice in the industry overall, because if you n- notice the, inter- the industry from the 30,000 foot view, Dr. Frank, the companies that are really winning, that, that are very, very successful they're making their profits on 20% of the services. And I think guys that are just starting out don't understand that. And they're wasting their time doing too much when they could be focused on that 20%. Yeah, they're trying to be, uh, <clears throat> that's a really um, common thing for a new business owners, try to be everything to everybody. And then you're going to really dilute your efforts and therefore your results. Focus on what you're good at. 
and then uh, and then figure out um, where th- where the 20% is of that effort that is giving you the bulk of the result. Now, what that also means is it g- gives you the responsibility to have good records. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't just casually figure this out. You need to look at your, your records, your financial records. The data. Yeah, you got to look at the data, and it will emerge. The, the 80-20 rule, or if it's... Um, 1090 rule or 3070 rule, it's in that ballpark, but on average it's 80 20. Mm-hmm. It will always emerge. In fact, they did this study in a retail store, and, and, I, and I realized that we're talking to um, landscaping and lawn care businesses, but the same idea still applies. Of course. Where they got rid of 80% of the products that didn't bring in 20% of the profits mm-hmm. and the revenues. And what they found was that out of the remaining 20%, the 80-20 rule reemerged. And out of the remaining 20%, they got rid of the other 80, 20% of those produced 80% of the profit. Hmm. But you got to be careful with that because there is often complex relationships between the 80 and the 20, where the 80% of the things that are less important compared to the 20% of the things that are more important. They, a lot of the 80% factors in to making the 20% so important. That makes sense. Yeah. So you got to be careful. And the other thing too, is if you take that to an extreme, you could get rid of 80% of your, of your products and services just to focus on the 20%. And now you don't have enough revenue coming in to keep the doors open. So there's a limit to how far you could take this, but certainly your focus as a business owner should be trying to find that 20% in every area of business that's important. What's the other area? We talked about that earlier. That is not only looking at the high leverage for your revenues and profits in terms of your services that you offer and maybe some products that you offer as well, but look at your your customers in terms of referral for re- referral sources you'll find that 80% of your referrals come from around 20% so of your customers yeah. i mean what did you find paul uh, yeah absolutely i'm going to tell you what i found coming up dr frank cuz it's t- it's time that we uh, take a moment and thank today's show sponsors and uh, we'll unpack this more dr frank in the house fridays with frank rolls on coming right up Your mower blades are sharp, the whippersnipper is ready to rock, and you're all set to cut that grass and make that cash. Hi, it's Mr. Producer. I know you're ready to rock and roll, but have you thought about how to maximize your time on the mower once the podcasts are done for the day and you have hours of work still ahead? Let me recommend audiobooks from Audible. Paul has three titles that you can listen to, including Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, Best Business Practices for Landscapers, and the brand new 101 Proven Ways to Increase Efficiency and Make More Money in Lawn Care, which he so kindly allowed me to narrate. These audiobooks are a great way to make the most of your time and help you grow your business. I'll put links down in the podcast description. It's Brittany here with the Hardscape Academy. If you're serious about keeping good, qualified people around, then you have to train them. You can say, well, what if they leave? I've trained them and I've spent all this time and resources on it. But what if they stay and you haven't taken that time to train them and they're not able to grow within your company and run their own jobs? That falls on you. So check out the hardscapeacademy.com to train yourself and your crews. 
This month, we're going to be launching our crewman paver training video. This video is for your employees. It is the how to hardscaping and not so much the why everything is done the way it is. In this 45 minute video, you'll be able to brief your employees on paver installation basics so they're ready to crush the day on site with you. The hardscapeacademy.com is the place to get skills and training for you and your crew so you can excel as a professional hardscaper and grow your company. You'll learn all the techniques and best practices to properly install pavers and retaining walls. Check out the hardscapeacademy.com. Hey, Landscaper, do you work hard all year for freedom but still feel as though your money controls you? Unfortunately, because you can't give bookkeeping your full energy or focus, it just sits there most nights untouched, continually haunting you? Because your business demands your time elsewhere, you need a personalized bookkeeping solution dedicated to your industry. Gulf Coast Bookkeeping, now known as the Landscaping Bookkeeper, is dedicated to giving your time and peace of mind back through our monthly bookkeeping service. You can begin this partnership with us today by going to gulfcoastbk.com and scheduling a 15-minute phone call. We want you to become a confident and informed business owner. We'll take care of your grain so you can take care of theirs. Schedule a 15-minute call today at gulfcoastbk.com. All right, guys, we are back with more here about this 80-20 and then some applications of what that looks like in our everyday business. So fill us in here, Dr. Frank. Well, the 80-20 rule in terms of applying to your business is amazing because 80% of your sales, you will find typically about 80% of your sales come from about 20% of your services and products. 80% of your customers will be located in about 20% of the total area that your business reaches. Think about that one as well. Uh, 80% of your new sales will result from about 20% of your marketing and advertising efforts, and that means your advertising and marketing dollars. About 20% of what you're spending, if you're doing advertising, is bringing in about 80% of, of, the, of the result. Uh, you'll find that, and we talked about this, I'll just repeat, 80% of your referrals will come from about 20% of your referral sources. 80% of your profits will be derived from about 20% of your existing customers. 80% of your profits will be derived from about 20% of your products and services as well. 80% of your revenues are attributed to about 20% of your, your products and services. You know, that's differentiating between profits and revenues. And uh, 80% of your revenues come from about 20% of your customers. Mm -hmm. So trying to figure this out is really uh, high leverage. That's, that's the idea here, Paul. What's that mean, high leverage? Uh, with just a little bit of effort, you can get a much bigger result proportional than, than the effort that you put in. At the top of the program, Frank, you're talking about analyzing our customers looking for the, the best new opportunities. I, I forget what the other one was. There's, there was three of them. So what does this look like applying it to my business today, this spring going into the summer? How, how can we actually, what should our mindset be to focus on how we can really, um, I, I heard this comment the other day that a, a small hinge opens a big door and, um, you know, a small little tweak in our business can have huge outcome result for the better. So, so elaborate a little bit more on, on where we should focus our attention. Well, the idea of leverage is really with a lever. You know, if you, like a fulcrum, if you, if you put a crowbar underneath something that's heavy 
and then put something underneath the crowbar that um, makes the long part of it, the part that you're pushing down on, you have high leverage. You can, you can exert a little bit of effort to lift a big, heavy thing that you never would be able to do without using a lever. That's, that's what that hinge thing is that you were talking about. And so what you want to do is focus on your customers. Those are the three things. Fo number one, focus on your customers. Number two, focus on your strengths. And number, in terms of your business strengths. And number three, focus on your best opportunities. And then um, what you'll find is that 20% of your customers are the ones you really want to spend the time with and uh, make sure you're contacting them and communicating with them and uh, paying attention to what they have to say. Um, you can't maybe um, cater to everybody, but you can certainly spend the greatest amount of effort on the 20% of your customers that will bring you the 80% of your revenues, profits, and referral sources. And I think in the companies that are really doing well in this industry, what they do with the customer, they look at how much money is this customer spending on their property a year? And what, what are they spending their money on? Well, they're spending the money on their fertilization and weed control program, seven, eight apps a year. They're spending their money on their mulch or pine straw to, to fill in the garden beds. They're, um, if they live in a nice neighborhood, they're spending a little bit money on enhancements like flowers or, or a new plant or plants or trees in the garden bed. And, and then lastly, and there's more of them, but then lastly, they're spending the money on the lawn mowing. And I think a lot of newer companies, they just focus on the lawn mowing. They're just like, oh, I got to mow, mow, mow. And then they go get more customers. We'll mow, we'll mow. And then they get more customers. Now all of a sudden the schedule's overflowing with mowing, but there's all this money that the customers are willing to pay if you'd offer them a coriation in May to pluck a coriation, we pluck a hole in the ground and it, it gets oxygen and the, you know, the air down to the roots strengthens the roots. And um, there's all kind of benefits, but that they're willing to pay that. Some of them don't even know that they need it. And the other ones that do, they might be paying another company because, because people are so preoccupied mowing when there's all these other opportunities out there, like you said, new, new business opportunities. And so I think looking at the customer and realizing that, more than likely we should be offering more than just lawn mowing. We should be considering these other enhancement services. And then you can um, really get into uh, what Caleb Allman and Andy Motor and those guys do with hardscaping. That's a whole nother realm where, where, you know, um, they'll, they'll pay big money for those jobs. But I think it's those 20% of the customers that I found personally are basically wanting to do, um, anything on their property to make it look really nice. And so I want to spend my time with them because they're the ones that are going to say, Hey, why don't we take out that tree? That's looking kind of, um, you know, it's, it's looking kind of bad, Paul, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, let's yank it out. Let's put a fresh new one in there. And and those are the customers you want that are, are like, Hey, let's make this place look great. You don't want to be on just the run of the mill customer that says, give me the bare minimum. Right. And you don't want to ignore the other 80% of your customers. It's the bread and butter. They, you just focus right. a little bit more, more, more of an effort where the effort has a bigger impact. I want to say one other thing too. That's a great point that you brought up, Paul. But it's Did you also, hear that, Mr. Producer? Mr. Producer told me not to talk when you're on the show. Oh, no. You bring <laughs> so up- Thank you, Dr. You bring Frank. up excellent points, Paul. And see, here's the thing, is even efficiency about the services that you provide- there's probably 20% uh, of the things that you can do with your time. Time, your time in, in uh, providing the service 
is also a scarce or limited resource. And there's probably about 20% of the things that you can do on that lawn that um, provide 80% of the efficiency. In other words, um, it, it may not even be uh, the biggest profit thing to do, but it's the most efficient thing to do where, my gosh, I can make this amount. It's it's not my biggest profit maker, but I can make this amount with so little time doing it mm-hmm. that it's worth doing. Yeah. Uh, exa- what would be a good example of that? The, well, the core aeration or fertilization and weed control, you know, what Jason Creel was saying with weed control and fertilization, right? he comes, he's, he's on the property for 12 minutes and he's, he sprays the application and, you know, charges a customer 75 bucks. You know, he, he had a little bit of money in fertilizer costs, but um, then the guy comes out with the lawnmower and he's there for 65 minutes and he only charged 45 bucks. And, and so that's a, a niche of fertilization and weed control. Core aerations are my, one of the my, one of the money making just secrets because you minimum you charge 150 bucks to, to to pluck the holes in someone's yard. If you have the proper machine that does the work for you, now if you go to Home Depot and rent the ones they got there. They'll give you a workout, man. Yeah, that, I've, I've used those before. Yeah, they're hard to they'll control. rattle you and shake you and and uh, really tear your body up. But if if you're just starting out and you got to start, at least rent one of those for the day and be willing to put in the work. But at United Tool Rental or some of the other places, you can rent a 30 inch stander. You can stand on it, and the the machine will go to work for you. You just kind of stand there, and it. It will do the work. But anyway, you charge 150 bucks for a small yard. You know, if you've got a little bit larger yard, you're charging 200, 250 bucks, and you're just in and out. And this is only one time a year. In warm season turf, we do it in about May. Uh, I know guys that have cool season turfs up in the Midwest and, and Canada, Michigan, they do this in the fall. But it's it's something that you're in and you're out and, and you're, you're making uh, good money, but you already have the existing customers. So you just upsell it to all your existing customers. And it's such a great thing to do because it's uh, one of the 20% things you can do with very little amount of time expenditure that brings in uh, money. And if you look at, I guess, at a, at a revenue per, per hour uh, effort, mm-hmm. it's, it's probably the 20% most efficient. W- wouldn't you say that? Right. That and I'm just true. giving the example of correlation, but it, there's also the scarcity of, Hey, Mrs. Smith, we're, tr- we're starting a correlation route next week. Do you want on it? Cause it's a, it's a, it's a certain window that you want this done. Um, again, that varies in regions of when that window is, but it's not something you can offer year round. Uh, there's a, there's a sweet spot of when it's most effective. When it's most effective, but when it is time to offer it, it's a very efficient service to provide in terms of the amount of time you spend doing it and the amount of money you get back. And in that case, you're pretty much charging, if I understood you right, the same for any customer, whether they're in the high-end neighborhood or not, you're charging them the same fee for yeah, the weed control or the air coration. But, so, but mainly yeah. on square footage, but it, it also, if there's a slope, you want to consider that. If there's a bunch of trees in the yard and obstacles, you know, not all square footage are the same based on- Oh, I see. On, on, I do not like slopes, no matter what service it is. I just, it hurts my knee and I just, I don't like slopes, um, period. But, but at the end of the day, what I wanted to emphasize, Dr. Frank, is that uh, the big companies, for example, I was just look, reading an email, or no, it was a link, LinkedIn post by Russell. They, they have locations here in Sugar Hill, Doraville, uh, in the Atlanta area. 
um, their headquarters. And then they, they're in, um, I believe, Tampa Bay area and uh, out in Savannah, Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, th- there's several um, cities that this company's in, but they do a heavy emphasis on these enhancement jobs. And I haven't seen their books, but I'm assuming that that you know that 2080 rule for them is their their wheelhouse are these enhancements. That's where they're making the bulk of their money. But they do offer some of the other services. It's well rounded, but I think that's where the companies that really get it. They they when I say enhancements, I'm talking the planting the flowers and trees. You know anything you see in a garden bed that takes a special skill that the guy just pushing the mower doesn't necessarily know what's the proper plant to go in this shady area or this uh, area with sun, right? Cause certain plant going to die if it's in the sun too much, certain plant needs shade to survive. That takes a little bit of education to know what, what to do. And um, you know, mulch and anything that could go in a garden bed, that's big money in there. And so I think the companies that really have the resources to, to research the data find that their 20% is in design build, that's, that's hardscaping work, and in landscape enhancements. And then some of them do and don't offer lawn mowing because I think it just keeps, it's, it's lawn mowing is a way to do marketing because when you're mowing the lawn, your truck's sitting out front and people just see you and, and, and the more they see you, the more touches they get. And so I think a lot of these companies know we're not making much on lawn mowing, but it, it does have its benefits. Like you said, we don't want to just strip it completely. Some do, but I, I, what I see the rookie mistake is the guys just get in the industry. They just, because there's such a demand for lawn mowing, they just take everything and everything. And now back to the scarcity of time, if you're mowing four days a week and you only got one day to do enhancements, right. most enhancements jobs take two days. So you're, you're screwed. So I encourage you guys, if you're going to do lawn mowing, just do it two or three days a week. If you're only got one crew, leave those other two or three days a week open so you can do these higher um, profit and higher ticket sales or, jobs. Or the jobs that are so efficient that it's, it's nothing to get them done and just go in and out real quick. Yeah. Now, if you are going to do lawn mowing, those are the ones you want to take. Yeah. You don't want to take the one with the slope. You don't want to take the one with a bunch of trees everywhere. You don't want to take the ones with dog poop, dog poop. There, If you get up to do a quote and there's dog poop everywhere, you don't want to do that. Uh, if there's toys in the yard and there's, those things slow you down. So, so you want to find those yards that are, I like flat yards. I like minimal trees, kind of newer neighborhoods. Cause the neighbor, the older neighborhoods here in Atlanta, the trees have matured so much and it's just a headache. So right, and those uh, beds that that they put the plants in, mm-hmm. uh, different kinds of plants. I'd be willing to bet that the companies that really are good at that don't have to have a huge variety of different kinds of plants and things to put in the flower bed, or, or they probably most of the time use about 20 percent of the exactly. things that you could put in there almost 80 percent of the time it's that 20 percent that's so exactly you, right so you don't have to have this huge inventory of plants and trees and things or you say you can't get into that business just find out what is the most popular the most the most um productive kinds of plants that everybody's putting well, in who's even, in that business even with flowers in atlanta begonias i mean you go you can go to the nursery and there's all kind of flowers right you know what i mean and you can pull out the little tag and read the name of it and, you know, but begonias, 20% at begonias, 80% wow. of, of the 
of the sales are begonias, even though they're just one option. It's just everyone loves begonias. And then it's the same in the fall. It's the pansies. They, they just dominate the fall. But, but as you're learning, because people that I do coaching calls with, they're like, I don't know. I couldn't name you. You know, I couldn't name. Is that a poplar tree? Is that a cherry tree? Is that a oak tree? I don't know. How, how do you know what the difference is? Is that you're talking about all these plants and all these flowers? I don't, Paul, I just don't know. Like I, I couldn't look at a plant and name it. And I was like, okay, go to the nursery and find out the most popular ones. Cause then when you're, you know, you don't want to BS somebody, but if you're the customer, Frank, and, and you're looking out there and you're like, well, what do you think? You know? And, and I can say, oh, I put a sky pencil Holly there and I'd put a Japanese maple there. And, uh, you know, we put, put some flowers right here. How about some pansies, Dr. Frank? And, um, that, that it, you're like, Oh, this guy actually knows what he's talking about. Even yeah. though I just only know you only just pick the top ones and, and you don't have to know all of them. Now, eventually as you're in the industry and you love what you do, you'll just pick up on all the other ones, but you're absolutely right. Well, and thank too, Paul is even if you just know the limited 20% of the, the plants and trees that are the most popular because mm -hmm. you, you investigated that and you don't know anything else. You even tell the customer that, they say, you know, I need to do something with this bed here on the side of the house. And you say, well, I'll tell you what, the most popular thing that people there are doing right now. Now, you didn't say, well, this is the only thing I know is the popular <laughs> I ones. only know the name of one plant. But, but, I, but I guarantee you the customer <laughs> the will be popular. thrilled to know what the most popular is. Because if it's the most popular, it's probably the best. It's what yeah. everybody's doing there for you good go. reason. The most popular flowers, begonia. The yeah. most popular flowers, pansy. Right. And so now, now you're, you're in that business and uh, you're really helping the customer bring in real value. They want to know what the most popular is. They don't want to know maybe the most, maybe some would want to know the most exotic, but most want to know what's the most popular. That's so good. Well, Dr. Frank, I appreciate your time today. Oh, here we go. You got, you got more. You're the, you're my only guest that has stacks of notes. So I, I, I don't know what you're doing over there. Well, it's, it's not, it's not really notes. It's just, uh, things to be thinking about. I, I just want to bring in a, con a conclusion here Okay, is, is what I think might be appropriate <laughs> is, uh, remember each of the important output areas of your business, you know, rem remember them, uh, try to figure out what those are and then analyze your inputs to determine the key 20%. Uh, of those inputs that, that make the biggest difference. Focus on, on that 20% with the use of your time, money, and effort that give you the remaining 80% of your, your result. Yeah. And let me bring a conclusion to this. Um, my pastor, Pastor Otha was saying the other day in our culture where time is so important, um, what you want to be, sometimes you just have to think Right. You, you just have to sit down and, and turn off all the um, TV and, and turn off the, the phone notifications and just think. And I think with our businesses, we th there's always something going on pulling our attention, whether it's an email or a text or a phone call or, or some kind of issue. I think as business owners, we need to really sit down and think and, and look at our business and, and find out what the data is saying and then like you said, it, the data will appear and be like, oh, wow, you, you, your strength is this and you actually make a lot of money doing this. And so um, my takeaway is I want to think more and analyze more the data in my business and find out where I should be investing my time, resources, energy on those 20%. Yeah, I got a good example of that uh, now that you mentioned that. And that is there was a, there was a company 
that um, it wasn't in this industry at all, but it was a guy who had a business where he somehow um, got uh, the ladies that were in these uh, Eastern European countries that are looking to marry good American men and immigrate over here and, be- and become a wife. It was mm-hmm. sort of like a mail order bride, but it was a legitimate business, okay. not 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 sleazy or anything. Okay, and he wanted to know how to increase his business and he didn't know what to do, but he looked at his database, just like you said, and looked at um, who was buying what or who are his best customers. And he found out by just looking at his database, he was shocked that his best customer, the majority of uh, a good percentage, the best percentage of his, of his customers were uh, truck long haul truckers. Hmm that drove 18 wheelers and what they were looking for was a and he investigated it further they were looking for a traditional wife that could stay at home and uh and just keep the house while he was gone on the road and they'd be there when they came back a traditional wife and so because he realized that that was his best customer he started advertising in those free magazines in the trucker uh stops around the country and quadrupled his business in six months wow by just focusing on the high leverage customer that he didn't even realize until he looked at his database and analyzed his business and looked at the metrics. We really appreciate you, Frank, sharing this today. Now, you went in depth on this and much more in the uh, business building essentials, um, how to get customers, how to keep customers, and uh, that e-training is available at thegreenindustrypodcast.com. And so guys, if you want to really dive deeper into this subject and to many others um, around the um, plumb line of marketing, because that's how you get customers and keep customers is marketing. Um, I highly encourage you to check that out and it's available at greenindustrypodcast.com. And Mr. Producer will put the link in today's show notes if you guys want to really get further educated and inspired by Dr. Frank. Sounds good, Paul. All righty. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Smash that follow and uh, take a scroll through today's show notes to um, find the resources to help you take your business to the next level. This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production.